singing for like lightning I saw darkness run for cover But the miracle that I just can't get over My name is registered in heaven I believe in signs and wonders I have resurrection power Still the miracle that I just can't get over My name is registered in heaven Yeah, my praise belongs to you forever Sons and daughters, bowed with blood and washed in water. Sing the prayer of the Spirit, Son and Father. Our God will finish what He started. Yes, our God will finish what He started. This is my testimony from there to life. His grace rewrote my story. of the Lord this morning. Amen. It is great to see you all here. 
Uh, we're just going to continue with the worship service listening. Uh, I'm going to say a brief word of prayer. And as always, we just encourage you uh, just, just to stand, sit, worship freely. All right? That's, that is what is most important to us is that you worship freely. Father God, we just thank you, Lord, for all that you that you. God, you are so good. And God, we just pray you're in this place in a very special way this morning. God, that we would just encounter you in a way that we haven't before. That it would just be clear, God, that beyond all shadow of a doubt that when we leave here today that we have encountered Jesus this morning. God, I pray that our, our words, our songs, our prayers, God, they would be all that we can for you. Be with us now. In your name we pray. Amen. When I'm at my end you're just getting started when i hit a wall you just walk through when i face a mountain you are the maker so it's god when i'm out of faith you are for when i'm at my worst you are still good all of my questions, you are the answer, it all points to you. You're the God of the breakthrough, when I'm breaking down, you'll be working away through. There's no way out, this one thing I know, you're still on your throne, so whatever
the Psalms this morning. Psalm 127, verse 1 says, Unless the Lord build the house, those labor labor in vain. This, we, we had a big week last week. I can't wait to get back here. And as I reflected on that past morning, I thought it's not the house of Jonathan. It's not the house of Jacob. It's not the house of David or Ed or Deb. It's not the house of Cap City or Grace or Lighthouse or Brownard or Hope Central or Revive. It's the house of the Lord. House of the Lord. And I thought about what it means for God to be a builder. I thought, and the term master builder came to my mind. I thought, I don't want to work for anybody else. I don't want to work for another builder, for another person that's going to do construction. Talk about this physical house, but he's talking about his church. And even more than that, last week, if you remember in Revelation, we talked about the fact that we are the pillars in the house of God. And we think about our house, think about the spiritual house where the body, right, that we're told in, we're told in the news that our bodies are the temples of the Holy Ghost. We are the house of the Lord. We are housing the Holy Spirit. I don't want to do anything without him. This song we're going to sing as we come into a time of prayer, I'm going to invite my pastors and we didn't do this last week, I hope necessarily during, during the worship time, but you can come and, uh, come straight to a pastor during a time of prayer and, and ask for prayer, or you can come and kneel at the altar. But the course of this song says, I'm not enough unless you come. Would you be here again? And I'll tell you what, we talk a lot about, when we talk about confession, I think people immediately go to sin, right? I'm gonna go to a priest or I, I need to do this. And I thought admitting, admitting to God that he is Lord or to, to say that I'm not enough unless he comes. At first I thought, you know, that's not really a confession of guilt or sin. But then I thought to not confess that absolutely is a sin. I'm not enough. I'm leaning on the sufficiency of grace. Man, I need him more. It's the wildest thing as I feel like I'm becoming more mature in Christ. That maturity calls me to seek him more. We don't get to a place where we're dependent on ourselves. Instead, that growth in grace means that we understand even how much more we've needed it all along. Father, this morning we pray that you would help us just make the confession all across this room that we're not enough. We need you. God, that's the cry of our heart that we can't do this without you. Whatever it is, we need your grace. So Lord, as people bring their requests to the altar today, as they, as they seek healing, Lord, as maybe they just need to spend some time because it's been a busy week and they haven't stopped enough to say, I'm not enough unless you come. Would you meet us here? We know that you're faithful to Lord, so we pray that it would be a time where we could confess sin, where we could lift our, our praises to you with clean hands and clean hearts. God, that your spirit as Colton said earlier, we just have freedom in this place. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Control what 
October 22nd, we will be having a work day to prepare the church for Fall Fest. If you're able and interested in helping, there's a sign-up sheet at the information desk in the sanctuary. The following Saturday, October 29th, we'll have our annual Fall Fest from 3.30 to 7.30 p.m. There will be drunk or treat, food trucks, games, and more for the whole family. If you're interested in helping or volunteering, See Tiffany Gibson or Nan Davis at the info desk in the back of the sanctuary. Pastor appreciation is October 23rd. So let's show pastors Jonathan, David, Ed, Deb, and Eric how much we appreciate them with a card shower. If you would like to bring them that morning. Thank you for supporting the ministries of Cap City Church. You can give online or by check or cash. See the back of the bulletin for more details. Please welcome Pastor Jonathan with today's message. The clap started off a little slow because I think you were confused. You're like, that's not Jonathan. That, that mix-up will continue to happen a little bit. I'll give you a little tip on how to remember it. He has a hairline, and mine is receding. And so uh, that will help you keep us uh, apart. But um, I'm happy to be here again with you guys. Uh, I, you know, you're beautiful people. Uh, I, I love getting to know people. I love meeting new people. Um, and we're going to be talking today about how good God is. Is that Okay. And so we're going to be in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And I only got one verse for you today, and, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But I, I want you to think about your life and what you have experienced in your life, the goods and the bads. And, and I hope that during this whole sermon you'll be thinking about just the, the ups and downs of life, all right? That's kind of where I want to take you. That's the journey I want to take you on. But in Acts 1.8, Scripture says this. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Let's pray. 
Dear Lord God, as we encounter your word, we pray, Lord God, just as it says in this passage of Scripture, that the Holy Spirit will come upon us so that we may receive power from on high so that we may be your witnesses. And so, Lord God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would be poured out on each and every person here and that they would encounter you in a fresh way. In Jesus' name, amen. In case you're not super familiar with this passage, I'll give you a little bit of context, and then we'll continue on with our sermon. But a little bit of the context is Jesus is ascending into heaven. He has already gone through the death, burial, and resurrection process. He has spent 40 days with his people, his disciples, ministering, loving, caring for, and he is being resurrected. And these are kind of the final words to his disciples. Wait for the Holy Spirit, and when the Holy Spirit comes, you will receive power from on high. And you will be my witnesses. But what does it mean to be a witness? In 2007, Nike announced the introduction of a new witness integrated marketing campaign. And I remember when this came out. It was all the rage. You would see people wearing the black t-shirts that say witness. And first time I was like, oh, that's a cool Christian t-shirt. And then I realized it had nothing to do with Christianity. It was all about witnessing LeBron James, who isn't as good as Michael Jordan. (laughs) Amen. Of the Cleveland Cavaliers and his rise to prominence as he makes his first NBA Finals appearance of his career, which he lost. Michael never did that. Uh, This campaign included digital, print, and television advertising and grassroots marketing. The Witness Campaign pays tribute to, to James and acknowledges the legion of fans worldwide who are witnessing his greatness, power, athleticism, and beautiful style of play. This is from 2005. This was a build that they made that was 110 foot high and 212 feet wide. To Elevin. But but more importantly, I want us to think about this idea of witness, this idea of what it really represents and why we talk about being a witness for Christ. Why they did this campaign is because what people wanted to to kind of convey is this idea of you go to a game and you go, I was there when. I was there when he won the game. I was there when he hit the buzzer beater. I was there when he when he on his opponent. I was there for that awesome fast break. I was there. And it's just happening in Acts chapter 1. Jesus is telling his disciples, he goes, I want you to tell everybody what you witnessed, what you experienced. I want you to tell everybody about how I raised the dead. I want you to tell everybody about how I healed the lame man and how I cast out demons and how I cured diseases. I want everybody to know what you witnessed firsthand so that they may come to believe in Jesus, the one and only Son of God, so that they may have that same experience and encounter the Holy Spirit with the Holy Spirit. But I want to take a look at these words for a minute. Witness is a person who sees an event or evidence or proof of something. 
To bear witness is the act of giving evidence to confirm the events happened and the things were said, right? We, we bear witness. We, we acknowledge that this actually happened. The objective of a witness is to get the whole truth and nothing but the truth, so help me God, right? We do the time. We, we have the Bible and, and we're in a court of law and we put our hands on the Bible and we say, we, we promise to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Witnesses, we, we encountered something. We saw something spectacular, It is the authenticity of the Christian experience. A true witness is authentic and vulnerable, real before God and man. That is what our world craves so much, is a true witness for Jesus Christ. Not the one who says, I do it all right, but the one who admits, I'm not enough. The one who acknowledges their flaws and their mistakes. I bet Peter told that story a dozen times. Yeah, I tried to confront Jesus one time and he said, get behind me, Satan. Can you believe that? Jesus called me Satan. Looking back, I was standing in the way of God. You see, what people crave in the world today isn't a person. What the world craves is authentic church. A transparent, a church that is raw and real and willing to share in their heartbeat. That's what our Thrive groups are about on Wednesday nights. So if you're not plugged, get plugged in. But we want to witness this. We want to be a witness to God. Here's what I found really fascinating, though. As I began to study this, the word witness in the Greek is martus. And it is the root word of where we get our word martyr. Someone who is killed for what they have seen and refused to deny. In the early church, they were martyrs because the truth they had seen could not be denied. Even if they wanted to, they had found something in Jesus Christ that was worth more than life itself. And I really believe that after seeing a resurrected Savior... Every one of the disciples were willing to die because they figured if God really wants us to raise from the dead, he can do that. I'm not too worried about it. So they faced death in a fearless manner. In the early church, they were martyrs because of the truth that they had encountered. They had seen too much. When I talk to older saints, I'm amazed at how firm and strong their faith is. But then I hear their story and I go, man, you've seen too much not to believe in God. When scripture says that they were to be witnesses, what does that actually mean though? What have we witnessed firsthand and what evidence do we have to present that God is real? Acts 1.8 says that we are to tell people about him everywhere. But what do we tell them about? What are you telling people about? I began to reflect on my own life. I started to think about all things that I have witnessed, both good and both bad, right? But I remember, and I'm, I, I thought about some of the highlights of my life, right? Exciting moments that just sear in your brain. I remember being on a sideline in a football game, locked arm in arm with, with 50 guys, shoulder to shoulder, as we waited for the field goal, hoping that we would win in double overtime. And watching that football fly through the uprights and 50 guys rush the field in in celebration. I witnessed that. And I can convey it with excitement and energy because it was a highlight of my life. I witnessed that. 
I've witnessed the mountains of Peru as I stood on a mountaintop and surveyed all the mountains of Machu Picchu. It was fabulous, and I looked and I saw the beauty of God. I witnessed my wife walking down the aisle. Beautiful. I've witnessed beauty. I've witnessed my children being born. Both be the scariest time of my life as I realized that I was now responsible for this child. But I've witnessed beauty and fear and awe and joy. But I've also witnessed my sister being saved in church. My whole family crowding around her in prayer after my mother had prayed for years for her salvation. I had the pleasure of watching my nephew this past year be baptized in a creek by his father and grandfather. And I witnessed my own salvation in my parents' bedroom at the age of seven. You want to know one thing I didn't witness? I didn't witness my own daughter's salvation. Interesting story. Last night I was at Colmo. And, and we, had, we were talking about missions and ministries and, and everything. And I walk out of Colmo and I get a text from my wife saying, your daughter just said the salvation prayer and she accepted Jesus Christ into her heart. See, I didn't witness it firsthand. But in that moment, I, I felt a, ba- a, a bit bad for myself. I said, I, I wanted to be there, Lord. I wanted to one, Lord that led her in that and said, you stay about my business and I'll make sure your babies get taken care of. And thank God he blessed me with a godly wife who led her in the way she should go. But I witnessed those things. And the idea is that we witness things so great, we witness things so compelling in our lives that we can't help but give God glory. And when we start talking about witnessing and sharing our testimony and telling people about Jesus, what we're really doing is we're inviting them to witness and encounter a good God. There's a picture here of my nieces. And my nieces were born at 23 weeks. Each of them twins at at just about a, a little over a pound apiece. The doctors said they should have been aborted. They'll have no value of life. And we began to pray. Most times these babies died on the table. And God resurrected them. And I'm not talking once. I'm talking twice. I'm, I'm three, three times these babies were terminal and said they won't make it through the night. They won't make it through the night. You see, I've, re- I've watched and I've witnessed a resurrection God, a God who resurrects the dead. And so for you to tell me he's not a God who resurrects life, I just don't buy that. But the other end of it is he's too good and the witness is too great for me not to tell people about it. And so when you're sitting here going, Jacob, I don't know the right things to say, your testimony is enough. Your story is enough. The disciples weren't deeply theological characters. They were simply sharing what they had seen firsthand. These are these girls today. They are four years old. 
They're energetic. They are vibrant.